Good day to you fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Central Assembly of God, for your encouragement and blessing in our work. Praise the Lord. I'm going to share a passage and maybe just alert our team up there. I may kind of slightly abbreviate uh, some of uh, what I've shared from the first service, just in the interest of being sensitive to your time here today as well. Luke chapter 9, verses 1, 2, and 6 And this is taken from the ERV translation. I mentioned to the early service this ERV translation I use in my, most of the time, my private devotional time. It's the easy-to-read version. That's what that is. So it's kind of on a level where I am uh, in my personal walk, just reading Scripture and ministers to me uh, wonderfully. John, excuse me, Luke 9, verses 1, 2, and 6. Jesus called His 12 apostles together. He gave them power to heal sicknesses and power to force demons out of people. He sent them to tell about God's kingdom and to heal the sick. Verse 6, so the apostles went out. They traveled through all of the towns. They told the good news, and they healed people everywhere. I'd like to use these verses today, and additional Scripture references I'll be adding to help you understand that there are three things that Jesus does for all of His disciples. Three things. And I pray that you will uh, take a hold of these truths today and uh, lock in with them and allow them to function in your own personal walk with Him. The first thing, number one, Jesus called them. We have to realize this and maybe also begin to understand that we are called of God. It's, it's, it's a vital part of, of, of be, being a part of the family of God, the body of Christ. And very often, over time, people who sit where you sit in churches around the United States can easily develop a mindset or a way of thinking that the only people who are qualified to do the work of the ministry are people who may have a formal education, maybe someone who has a master's degree or, or a, a master's of divinity or a Ph.D. And, or some, again, uh, degree through formal training. But today, I want to shatter that mindset and help you understand that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you've identified yourself with a local body, Central Assembly, that God has a place for you in this body where He has placed you so it, you would please Him. He's done that, and he has, He's done that intentionally so that you can know that you, the anointing on you is from the same Holy Spirit that anoints your pastor. It's the same anointing. It's the same Holy Spirit. And He wants to bring you in to a place of serving so that you might enhance the effectiveness of this local church and, and they enable it to be much more far-reaching than it currently is. So Jesus called them. Arthur Glasser, a great author author in his book, Kingdom and Mission, he said this. He said, from Pentecost onward, all Christians are to regard themselves as called to full-time involvement in the task of making Jesus Christ known. 
loved, and served throughout the world. All have been given spiritual gifts to make this service possible. You might say, well, I didn't know that. What's my spiritual gift? Well, that's probably a process we should all be going through to learn what those gifts are. And there's a way that you can do that. I would start by coming to your pastor and saying, I want to serve. I want to be involved. I want to be a part at a, at a higher level of involvement at Central Assembly. Where can I serve? And your leadership here will help you fi find that place that best suits you in your personality and passion and help you get plugged in to that area of ministry in the church and be a blessing. Every single one of us here today has to understand that we've been called by God for His purposes and for His plan. And to live outside of that purpose and plan is to live a life of unfulfillment. That really, that, that sense of identity and knowing where you're to serve and how God has called you to be a part of His, an active part of His body, is the place of the greatest fulfillment that any believer will ever experience in their lives. Praise the Lord. So, and, and this idea today, Jesus called them, this, this has reference to the Great Commission. And may I say today, the Great Commission is your commission. Oh, no, Kevin, that's what we pay the pastor for. It's his responsibility. <sighs> Wrong. Wrong. It's our responsibility collectively. Listen to what Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. Here's what he says. But you are a chosen people. You are royal priests. You are a holy nation, God's very own possession. Now, I, I told the earlier service, this is a cause and effect verse. Because of what I've just read to you, the first part of this verse of 1 Peter 2.9, because of these reasons, here's what's expected of us. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Having served the Lord many years, one of the things I've learned about Christians is most of the time they are petrified about talking to other people about Jesus. First of all, the person they're talking to is petrified, and the, you, the person telling them, is also petrified. They're afraid, and there's no reason to be afraid. I'm afraid if I try to tell, talk to them about Jesus, I won't know much of the Bible to talk to them about. Well, you should learn some of the Bible. But you know the easiest way, can I tell you, to share your faith with someone else? The easiest, simplest way, it'll make it easy for you, just tell them your story. That's it. Just tell them. They can't argue with you. They, they can't say you're a liar. That's not your story. You know it's your story because you know what you were when you lived in that darkness, and you know that only by His mighty power could He pull you out of that darkness, bring you into His marvelous light. It's your story. Hallelujah. And I believe in friendship evangelism. I have many unsaved friends, and it's good for unbelievers to be among I mean, it's good for believers to be among unbelievers because it helps you keep your feet on the ground. It helps you realize that there are hurting people out there. If you only hang out with Christians and that's the only existence you have, you're missing out on the opportunity of really letting your light shine. And we live, Sandy and I, we have many unsaved friends. We live by the philosophy, friendship evangelism. If I build a bridge from my heart to yours... And through the process of time in friendship and prayer and regular fellowship with those people, we believe that one day Jesus will walk across 
that bridge into their hearts through that constant, ongoing friendship and love. It's the love of Jesus that they see, they feel, they experience when they're with you. And that's how we connect with people. We're real with them. We're authentic with them. And that love seems to take them captive at some point. And that's what we should all want. Can you say amen today? Jesus called them. He's called you as well to be a part of this aspect of his body. The second thing we see in these verses, again, Luke 9, the second half of verse 1, it says there, he gave them power to heal sicknesses and power to force demons out of people. So Jesus empowered them. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of people are afraid or shy back when we talk about the power of the Spirit and, in our understanding, the baptism into the Holy Spirit because they're not so really sure about the speaking in tongues part of that, you know. And I was thrilled today. I was thrilled today for the fact that your pastor gave opportunity to give, a, to give the Spirit an opportunity to speak to us this morning in this service through one of those gifts of the Holy Spirit, through prophecy, through an unknown tongue, and then which was also by another gift of the Holy Spirit, of course there are nine of them, for the interpretation of that, uh, that uh, message so that the body of Christ can be built up and edified and respond to that message. We are a Pentecostal people. And we need that empowerment in our lives. If you think just by being saved that you can walk uh, through this existence, this experience of, of salvation without the power of God, you are misinformed. You need, we need this power in our lives to help us just live godly lives, to maintain pure hearts, to walk in the way that would be honorable and pleasing to our God. Jesus gave them power. But this power is available to each and every one of you as well. Jesus prophesied this in Acts 1, verse 8. It was fulfilled in Acts 2, verse 4. And here's his prophecy, Acts 1, verse 8. Jesus said, but you will receive power. Take a minute today, a moment, and just tell the person sitting next to you, hey, that missionary's talking to you. That missionary's talking to you. That missionary is talking to you. Yeah, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth and in Bethlehem and, and in the, the, across, the, across the tracks, down the highway, and, and the surrounding communities. The Central Assembly of God is to be one of those kinds of witnesses. That God has called us, and we need the empowerment of, of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Kevin, but that's not for today. Oh, I'm saved, but no, that, that you know, working of miracles and, and gifts of healing. No, no, that was just for the Bible times. Wrong. I've got news for you. Peter preached a great sermon after the fulfillment of the prophecy of Jesus in Acts 1, and in Acts 2, the Spirit was poured out. And here's what happened in the latter part of Acts 2. Here's what we find uh, recorded, Acts 2, 38 and 39. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children, and for 
all of those who are afar off. Do you think sitting here today that you might be afar off? Yeah, you're probably looking at me and saying, yeah, I think you're a little off yourself, Kevin, you know. We are all afar off. Many generations, this is the first century church, we're in the 21st century church, and the God that I know and the God that you know is the God that is the same yesterday and today and forever, and the God who poured His Spirit out in Acts chapter 1 is the same God who has continued to pour out His Spirit, and we are in the 21st century recipients of that same Spirit. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because we need the power of the Spirit in our daily lives because we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We don't. Pastor today, I caught it, Pastor today talked about God. And in one little sentence, God has a wonderful plan for your life. He mentioned that. Just Maybe he didn't even realize he said that. God has a plan for your life. And, and I want to reinforce that he does have a plan for your life. But can I tell you, Satan also has a plan for your life. We don't hear a lot about that, but, you know, Satan has three things he wants to do. His, his vision for you is threefold. It's to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus talked about that in John 10.10. 10. Satan, the thief, wants to come to you to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he wants to do to you. That's his purpose for you. He never gives up on trying to do that while you have breath in your body. He's always going to try to find a way to either kill, steal, or destroy you, to sidetrack you, to blindside you, to get you off track going down an alley that you don't belong in. That's why we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And when we experience that power through new life or new birth in Jesus, and and when we are saved, we, we do receive the Spirit when we're saved for regeneration. But when we receive the Spirit in the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we receive the Spirit for empowerment. And that's what we need. So Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, hey, I have come to give you life to the fullest measure. That's the life that he wants every single one of us to enjoy. That's why we need this power to walk in that life. Let me move on today. What are we learning from these verses? First, Jesus called them, and he's called you. Jesus empowered them, but he's also empowered you. What's the third thing we see here? Number three, Jesus sent them out. That's the scary part for us. Jesus sent them out because that's for missionaries only. Right? Wrong. Boy, we're a lot of wrong going on here today, aren't we? (laughs) Jesus sent them out. And that's part of what this church has been doing. And I have to remind you, as as a local body here in, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, this church is doing more than just touching lives in in this community. Central Assembly of God has a global reach. And the result is the missionaries you support that you're sending out are affecting tens, may I say thousands of lives around the globe because of your faithfulness and understanding this partnership of praying and giving and sending those who are willing to go. Praise the Lord. Here's a great quote, a great quote. Amen. Give God praise. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The greatness of a church is not in its seating capacity, but in its sending capacity. 
And we have to keep our eyes open because as pastors, we want God to bless our work and as many souls as possible say yes to Jesus and become part of the body of Christ. But beyond that, we want this church to have also an outward focus beyond our inward focus. Inward is important, but outward is also important in our lives. And, and you know, God wants to bless you. He desires to bless you. And with that blessing, you probably shouldn't put it all in your wallet or bank account. Okay, Kevin, you're meddling now. Step back from there. Pastor Mark uh, Batterson, one of our pastors, pastoring National Community Church in Washington, D.C., a great man of God, also an author, uh, a number of books he's written. He said, when God blesses you financially, don't raise your standard of living. Raise your standard of giving. Raise your standard of giving. Amen. Amen. And, and while we are here ministering to you today, it is our privilege, really. And thank you again for your, your investment in our work. But did you know, Sandy and I, we also support missionaries. Did you know that? Personally. We support missionaries whom we know and love and believe in their work, and we want to help them do their work. So we're also, not only are we goers, we're senders ourselves. And we love that opportunity to be able to give. I remember when we stepped into missions, I used to preach and tell everyone, uh, hey, God has called everybody to be a missionary. And, and I've kind of changed my way of thinking from that day to this. Because if, if it was true that God wanted everybody to be a missionary, what that means is today when we close this service, you have to go home and you have to put a for sale sign in your yard. You have to go to your storage area, your attic, where all those boxes are, maybe that big chest you have filled with stuff, and get it all out, go and set up some tables in your yard and have a yard sale and just sell it all. Then uh, head to the airport and, and buy a one-way ticket for the land that you're moving to. You get there, and then you got to learn their language because you can't minister to people who don't understand English or Spanish. you got to learn their language and live in their culture. And here's one for you, eat their food. Oh, glory. I could say glory to that, you know. Indian, Lebanese, Thai. Yeah, we've had all of that, and we love it all. Yeah. Pastor, where are we going for lunch today? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but, hey, hey, here's the thing, and I'm saying this today to help you understand that that's really what being a missionary is, leaving the, your, your home country, moving to a foreign country, living in that country, learning the language, and sharing the gospel in that culture. But that's a missionary. But I believe everyone is called to be missional. Missional. And here's basically what I mean by that. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, the Good News translation words it this way. But have reverence for Christ in your hearts and honor Him as Lord. Here it is. Be ready always at all times while you're standing in line to pay for your stuff at Walmart. Oh, it's not, that's not in there, is it? <laughs> Be ready at all times to answer anyone who asks you to explain the hope that you have in you. That's what it means to be missional. 
Anywhere you could be, on your university campus or uh, at work or uh, standing in line or in, in, a, in a setting, maybe in, in the park walking your dog and someone else is walking their dog and your dogs get attracted to each other. You know, uh, God wants you to be in a position no matter where it is and at any time when that door opens for you to be able to share the reason for the hope that you have in you. That's what he wants. That's being missional. That's his desire for what he wants of each and every one of us. So we have to take this on ourselves. Let me just, again, uh, refer back to this idea of sending because this is a vital aspect of our lives that we learned a whole lot about when we stepped into missions because we experienced it for ourselves. In Romans 10 and verses 13 through 15, the New Living Translation words it this way, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent. It's an honor to be sent. It's a privilege to be sent. All we did was say yes. That's the key, isn't it? When Sandy and I said yes, our yes took us across the sea. You know, if you would say yes, your yes could very well take you across the street. It's just about saying yes. That's the key for anyone who wants to be missional. Why? Can't God, the awesome God that He is, can't He do miracles, signs, and wonders? Can't He just save everyone? He has all power to do all things. We know that. But guess what? It amazes me, and I say this to you today, but God has invited you and I to be His partners in His global mission And it's in his mind conceived that he would use human instrumentality to impact the world and accomplish his eternal purposes. We hear it said all the time, Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus is coming back soon. And indeed he is. What's taking him so long to to, to do that? What's taking him so long to build his kingdom? My response is, I've heard this long ago, Have you seen the material he's working with? That's you and me. It's a shocker to me that God could even say, uh, Kevin, Sandy, uh, I have a plan for you. I want you to leave the United States. I want you to fly to this country. I want you to pass. And, and, And our yes has taken us across the street. But God, in his eternal purposes, has chosen to use human instrumentality to accomplish those eternal purposes. St. Augustine said it this way, without God, I can't, but without me, God won't. Let that sink in today, yeah? Because we get, for lack of a better word, we get really comfortable and cozy, you know? Maybe if I were to go to your home today, you probably have a chair that's your chair. No one else is allowed to sit in it. That's your chair, and when you're in that chair, it's like you're in, like, La La Land. Yeah? Yeah. 
I guess I was knocking on somebody's door there. I don't know. But Brian Houston, pastor of Hillsong Church in Sydney, Australia, here's what he said. He said, we say we want to love others just as God loves us, but too often we end up choosing comfort and convenience over compassion. Can I tell you, I should have said this in the first service, there are no lazy disciples in the body of Christ. There are no lazy disciples in the body of Christ. We need that empowerment in our lives because He wants us to be doers. He wants us to be actively engaged in His work. And while God wants to bless us, He doesn't want to just bless a select few. He wants to bless all of us. But we all should have a role in His work. Pastor David Platt, here's what he said. We can't apply the privileges of Christianity to all Christians and then the obligations of it to only a select few. We all need to embrace the truth that we all have an obligation in this great work of the kingdom of God. And the thing I note here today, Luke 9, 6, and it says this, So, the disciples went out. And you know what I say to that? They actually did it. You know, I say that today, and I say this from my heart with, with love to, for you to hear today. But I would ask you today, how many sermons have you heard your pastor preach behind this pulpit over the 13 or so years that he's been here? How many sermons have you heard him preach and actually done what you've heard him preach? Oh, me. I hope this is not the last time I'm invited to come to your church, Pastor. <laughs> Yeah, how many sermons have we heard? I heard a quote many, many years ago by John Maxwell. I shared it with my congregation in Pennsylvania, and some of them got upset with me. But when that happened, I thought, well, it was the right thing to say. It was. And here's what John Maxwell said. He said, now, now listen to this. He said, some Christians, for some Christians, the last thing they need is another Bible study. What they really need is simply to begin to do what they already know. Wow. That's a wake-up call for us, isn't it? Just begin to do what we already know. The disciples went out. We can hear sermons and teachings and messages all day long, but nothing's going to get done or really accomplished until we are willing to begin to actually do what we've been listening the pastor tell us over the years. God is tapping you on the shoulder today, and he's asking, are you going to be one of those today that makes that decision? A.W. Tozier, and I quote him, he said, most Christians don't hear God's voice because we've already decided we aren't going to do what he says. Our yes took us across the sea. Your yes can take you across the street because it's all about obedience. Love and obedience go together. Jesus said, how can you call me Lord? Why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I say? Really? In the Gospel of John, chapter 14 and verse 15, Jesus said, if you love me, really, keep my commands. A few verses down, verse 21, same chapter. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. All the way back Turn right all the way back to the end of your Bible in the epistle of John, 2 John chapter 1, verse 6. This is love, that we walk in obedience to His commands. 
May these truths today sink deep in our hearts. Because Jesus has called you. Jesus has empowered you. Jesus has sent you out. And we are his disciples to do his bidding. Amen. Let's just bow our heads in this time of closing right now. Gracious Father, thank you for Central Assembly of God. Thank you, Lord, that you ordained as you have planted this church here so many years ago that you had a purpose and plan for this church. And this church, that this church would just not sit here at this location and just go through a routine or a ritual year after year. But this would be a church that would make a difference in this community. That this would be a church that would have a vision going beyond their, their parking lot into the homes and communities beyond this area. And also, Father, to the countries around the world to have that global reach to take the good news of Jesus for those who have not yet heard so that they will hear. Thank you for the anointed leadership here at Central Assembly. Bless, we pray, Pastor Cole and Pastor Amy. Bless all the pastoral team. Anoint them with the enabling power that they need, Heavenly Father, for carrying out the vision that you are giving them to lead Central Assembly into her future that you have planned for her. Give them grace. Give them strength. Give them power. Give them discernment. Give them wisdom. Give them insight. And Lord, give them an action-filled heart to fulfill that plan. Oh God, we pray. Let your spirit hover over this place. Every leader who teaches and trains and speaks and, and is in leadership roles, deacons and elders and those who serve in the children's ministry, the youth ministry, those who are the ushers and the greeters and th those who are involved in any kind of activity, those, Lord, who heard this message today and are going to be spurred in their hearts to take action and to be a part of the active ministry here at Central. We bless them today. We bless this body of Christ with your hand upon them. Lord, continue to do a mighty work in this place through this ministry we pray all for your glory all for your honor and it's all in the name of Jesus we pray and all of God's people said amen and amen and amen I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you thank you for listening in if you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the lehigh valley but around the world we want to do our part in reaching the people that god has entrusted to us with the gospel of jesus christ you can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry god bless you have an amazing day remember you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.